Welcome to Picks with the Professor, college basketball edition for Saturday, December 9th. Jake, uh, we took yesterday off. Uh, yeah. Partially, you know, I, I, was, that, I was traveling, so it's part of that, right? Yeah, that and I think college basketball itself took a day off there. <laughs> it kind of did, and I, and I tweeted this out, and I mentioned it on the total of the day when we did a video for that. We didn't do a total uh, on Thursday because I kind of felt like Cousin Jared and I did like everything we could on show, and we had a play of the day. And then yesterday, like the or today, I guess, or for Friday now, uh, yesterday, depending on when I watched this, right? There were there were four more games, but of those nine games, there wasn't a lot out there. And, and surprisingly, there didn't seem like there was a lot of value on the board. There's a lot of value on the board here for Saturday. There yeah. are so many games, and I know people have long talked about this. That sometimes when there's more games, it, you know, you can find more value because the books just can't quite figure out how to nail all of them they can't you know they don't have enough resources or, yeah. or, or whatnot i don't i don't know what it is it, it it seems a little surprising to me because so much of this stuff is automated these days which is what I, i've built my model to do but here we are and there's a lot of value on the slip for saturday including the biggest games of the day which is always fun when the big games have value for us yeah, yeah no this saturday is so it's gonna be so much fun. I mean, just with the games we have on there. I mean, there's several we we don't even have on there, and that doesn't even get into the small schools that are having fun games to watch. Uh, it's just this Saturday will be it'll be incredible. And I think with like when you get all these games like this, uh, they have a hard time because I think it's like the money coming in. There's just more more just money scramble. they know what to do with. Yeah, they're just trying to scramble, and that leaves a lot of openings for us. It, it, and I kind of understand that just trying to keep all keep it all straight in my head. I'm scrambling too, you know, so I guess I can kind of understand that we have at least as of right now, uh, overnight picks. We have 19 A grade sides and 19 A grade totals, not by, done by any just that's just kind of the way it all played out. We will have more probably in the morning based off of line movements. Uh, but the reason that you should be with us over on Dub Club is, as you can see there on the screen, all that green and I've kind of condensed it. I was trying to split plays and sides and totals. The screen, looking at it on, on my phone, it was like too clustered. So it's like, I need to like really minimize this and, and whatnot. So play of the day, which is side of the day and total of the day, uh, that says minus 10.6. But it's plus 10.6 units, 14% ROI. On the show between sides and totals, we've got a 4% ROI. Uh, that's an asterisk because that's not yesterday because obviously we have those two days ago's show. Uh, but overall, uh, you know, good there. And then the A-grade picks between sides and totals have done well. Uh, as we've long talked about sides, it's carried by total so far. But but the other reason that I wanted to combine them is, is to indicate to people, and, and, and if you've been with us for any time, you've seen it, you know, you, you're going to have stretches where one doesn't do well, but the other can carry it. And that's the way it goes. And that's why we like to have a lot of plays. Obviously, we, we try not to have too many. Uh, again, right now we've got 38 bets on Saturday, uh, 38 A-grade plays, which is a lot. But, uh, you know, we want to try to figure out how to have enough so that we overcome the variance of randomness, not too much so that we're not overextended. So we're kind of trying to find that middle ground here. Uh, but so far, totals have carried us. But that doesn't mean that it won't come around. As we've talked about, sides have had a great uh, – you know, run here recently, and yeah, I mean that's, that's what forty, almost forty units there on the screen. You're up, 30, yeah, 30, yeah, across yeah. all of 
depending on how you're playing them, of course. And, if, yeah. you know, some of there's a little bit of overlap in some of that, which makes it, uh, you know, tough. But the uh, the bottom line, I think, is there's just a lot of good things happening here. The NFL has been obviously great to us as well, college football as well. Yeah. So, again, a reminder, you can sign up on Dub Club. Using the link link in the show description, you get $5 off your first month and lock in 2023 pricing for the rest of the year. Jake, the other thing we're going to do, because we took yesterday off, is we're going to give everybody the extended cut today. So we're going to make this available to everybody, all six of these games, uh, as, as, a, as a hopefully a makeup for the goodwill for taking the day off yesterday on, on Friday. We like to do this from time to time just to, get in, to remind people that you can get double the picks on half the days. Uh, if you're with us on local, double the picks, double the analysis, uh, and you get way more than double the picks. And that was kind of what I had here to, to illustrate, too. It's not just the R, it's the units, right? That there, There's a lot more plays, but the overall units uh, are, are a lot higher as well. So, and, and it's to each their own, right? Everybody looks at things and does things a little bit differently. And that's one of the biggest things I've tried to do with our dub club. And I think it's why we have some of the highest retention rates on there. So I try to provide a lot of information. I try to provide something for if you're a better who wants to bet every single game or half the games or, or, or 10th of the games, I'm trying to provide something for you. If you like only sides or only totals or only favorites or only dogs or only overs or only unders. If you, if you want to be able to shop around yourself and be more, um, you know, use some of the information as a tool and you want to do other stuff. Great. If you want to just kind of, be a little bit more handheld through it. We got that cover. We got all aspects of it covered for you there over on double. It's one of the things I've tried to develop over the last couple of years is how can I uh, meet the needs of gamblers who do a lot of different ways. And so I'm trying to do that here uh, over on dub club. I think I've done a pretty good job of it. And I'm always open to suggestions of how I could do a better job. Cause I'm always trying to make a better product for everybody. Uh, so again, sign up link in the show description uh, if you're not with us, but we'll, we'll get right to it here now. No more rambling. Yeah, great. <laughs> Saturday starting off the biggest games I think Jake kind of according to us these are the six best games of the day there's a couple others that are honorable mentions to this but starting off here at noon eastern Illinois and Tennessee and you've got two really good defenses here uh, two pretty good teams I mean this is obviously like as many of them are going to be a, a good game uh Jake we do have a play in the total over on dub club uh but we're here to talk about the side on this one Model says Tennessee wins 76% of the time. Sort of take Tennessee at minus 260. It's a B grade pick. Uh, I'm going to let you talk mainly about this game. You know, you're a Tennessee fan, and, and so you've probably seen a little bit more of them than, than the average person. But I just want to kind of remind everybody, um, you know, when, when you see something like minus 260 here, number one, everything we do here is graded off of uh, units, and ROI and we're risking more units th than we have to win. So this isn't about trying to pad a record because honestly record is non nothing. It, it really units and ROI is what matters. Um, number two, as with anything, whether we're taking money line or spread, you can always take whichever one you're more comfortable with. If, if you, you know, if we like one, we kind of like the other. I personally love, and many of you heard this, so many of you have preaching to choir here or, or you've heard this before. I just personally love money lines. It's probability. I have a PhD in statistics, I've spent a lot of my time in modeling and in probability. It's what I do really well. And most of the population does not understand probability worth a like. And so I like to play in that in the pool because I'm playing where I'm an expert and other people aren't. So I love being able to play in the money lines. It's so a lot of people tell that. But but the the, the last thing that I kind of want to mention on this is the whole point about the minus 260 has nothing to do with Tennessee will win 
Tennessee can't lose. Those are wrong statements, right? Anything can happen. We need to think of these things probabilistically. It's the number one thing. One of the number one, one of the top things, I guess I should say, you can do to help yourself out better. Just get rid of the thought. This will happen. This can't happen. That sort of thing. And view everything in terms of probabilities. Something will happen. We just don't know ahead of time. Weird upsets happen. But as a reminder here, if I just look back, uh, and I think Thursday is a great example of this. We had UNC Greensboro minus 255. We had Iowa State minus 265. And we had Eastern Illinois minus 205. We took three big money lines. We won all three of them. It's not about anything other than when we play a price like minus 260, you need to win this about three out of four times in order for it to be a good play. And that's historically what the model has helped us do. And you can see on screen, Model says Tennessee is a 76% chance of winning. That makes minus 260 a smart pick. Does it make it the best pick on the board? No. Does it make it a good pick? Yes. And that's the bottom line that these types of games, there's 100, 102 games on Saturday, but whether it's the course of a day, a week, a month, if you're winning about three out of four of these, you're doing well. If you're not winning that many, that's not good. And that's what makes, and that's why I said I love playing the money lines because I understand these things. This is my language, and it's a very hard concept to understand. But this is where the guidance of people, I would say, look, I would not play this if it starts with a three, starts with a two, not a bad pick. Low twos, even better pick. Minus 260, I think it's worth an investment because we think Tennessee wins this about three out of four times. Jake, I'll let you talk about the X's and O's. All right. <laughs> this, uh, like, minus 260 is, is a little bit steep price to play, but it's going to be yeah. worth it because Tennessee has a few big advantages here. Uh, the free throw line and depth depth and size um, plus home court, right? Like that it's already been announced as a sellout when Thompson bowling, I don't think they changed the name to like food city something, but uh, either way, when, when Thompson bowling's going, it is a incredible place. Cause I think it's probably the, might be the biggest in terms of seating uh, stadiums out there. So when it's, it's really going, it's tough. And the, the fans are itching to get behind this team. Uh, especially with the guys like Dalton Connect and Ziegler coming back. And if it's just that's where the difference is going to be. Because there, other than that, defensively, Tennessee's probably better, but there's not that much difference between those two teams and how they want to play. The pace is very similar. Um, see that on the screen. Uh, their offense, like you would lean Tennessee, but neither team's a great shoot, shooting team, and Tennessee's offense can disappear. Uh, but it's just everywhere – that Illinois is good at Tennessee's just a bit better. Uh, and I think people have a little bad taste in their mouth after that North Carolina game. Uh, but that was one really, really bad half. Uh, if you look at the second half, Tennessee won that by 14, put up 53 points in the second half. Uh, they still lost the game, but they really made a game over that. And that was really, that was with connect going out in the last minute when he looked unstoppable. Uh, and I don't, I mean, Terrence Shannon will be a good matchup, I just think, for Connect, but I don't think there's enough of him to go around. Like we talked about last time Illinois was on here, we were talking about the FAU game, and I said they had a really good chance to win. I think we took them with the points. Uh, and, and I think you said you wanted them on the money line or splitting yeah. or something like that. We talked about a little bit both. Yeah, where, where, they, where Illinois took advantage was they had the size advantage with the guards, and then they had um, enough big guys to make Golden get in foul trouble. And without him, FAU kind of really struggles. That's exactly how that played out. They don't have that advantage against Tennessee. Tennessee's got Adu, Awaka, Phillips, 
several several big guys they can throw in there and have played significant minutes this year. Their guards are big. Josiah Jordan James is probably where Terrence Shannon's going to have to match up the rest of the time because he is just a very tall, big guard, and that's going to leave Connect open. That's going to leave Ziegler out there, Muscovy, uh, Ganey. It's, uh, Illinois doesn't, doesn't have quite enough to win this game on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, I, I did – Fact check you real quick. Course number one for college basketball is the Carrier Dome, uh, which is like that's, that's like that's like fishing with dynamite, right? And I don't even know <laughs> if that counts um, in terms of biggest arenas. And of course, when they sell that place out, whoa, uh, that's that's a, a lot of people there. But the actual uh, the other two biggest ones are both in the city of Kentucky, Rupp Arena and the. Hmm. Uh, wonderfully named KFC yum exclamation point center in Louisville. And then after that, it's uh, essentially a tie uh, with Tennessee and UNC. So, so fifth uh, most very close. It's, it's a lot of people there and there's, you know, you start to see some big drop-offs after that between fifth yeah. and th- sixth, the difference is over a thousand people. And then another uh, 500 beyond that to, to um, you know, you start dropping down even bigger. So yeah, it's a pretty big home, home court advantage with Tennessee. The last thing that I'll comment on because, and hopefully I've done a good job explaining why I like the money lines here. They, the money line favorites have done really well for us when the model has said there's an edge. We don't take every money line favorite. That would be absurd. It's, it's done well for us because we've been able to win a minus 250 pick at about 75% clip. We've been able to win our minus, um, you know, 200 picks at, at you know, 70%. We've been able to win our minus 150s at, you know, 65%. And so it's been one of those things where we've been able to do really well. I think we have a little bit of an edge because I think there's a lot of people who are afraid to lay those type of odds. And so that creates value for us uh, because the people who are playing those odds often put them in 18 money line parlays and the books know they're going to win those anyway and get their money. So I think we're kind of able to kind of scratch out some value there. But the last thing I want to say about it, as you can see on screen, the way I have the risk and win amount is to add up to a certain unit and it's to allow us to play these. I put this in the, the, outro music i've typed this out for people we've talked about it where it adds to two units two and a half units three units or whatever so you can see on screen we are risking 1.8 units to win 0.7 units we are not risking 2.6 units uh that makes our our reward a little bit less than a unit but again the math is behind us that this is a money making technique and that's why i like it even though again it's not the most exciting odds but i think that's why there's value because people look at it and say there's not exciting odds and i like to play where people don't want to play because in general that gets us value and i think it's kind of the same case here for the next game 1 30 p.m eastern purdue and alabama we love purdue we've talked about this they did stub their toe uh, in that northwestern game which was on the road i mentioned i believe with cousin jared after that game uh talking about them later that that the model actually bumped up their rating slightly after that performance you say how is that possible they lost well again sometimes a team wins or loses and it doesn't necessarily mean they played good or bad right in that game northwestern shot way better from three if you plug in season averages from that purdue wins that game by double digits now is that going to be a trend if it is their season averages won't be that (laughs) and so if purdue continues to shoot that bad on the road then that won't be their season average anymore, that sort of thing, right? And if they continue to allow that sort of three, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we still think Purdue is a really good team. Number two on offense, number four in defense, according to sideline. Obviously, they've got the best player in the country. Um, nothing against Alabama. Alabama's a really good team as well, but their defense is what's lacking in this one. This is a neutral site game. Jacob Lee is being played in Toronto, uh, which is quite a 
quite a trek for for either of them really for Alabama, but just quite a uh, you know. I personally, I don't feel like I'd, I I love Canada. I've, I've enjoyed all my trips there. I've been there three or four times. Um, never been in December. Maybe it's lovely there. I don't know. It seems cold, but I don't know. Uh, I, I'd personally rather be playing down in, in in Florida this time of year or down here in Texas where it was. 80 degrees today, but all that to say, we're going to be on Purdue here again. Model still likes Purdue for the most part. It's been profitable to back them. Again, as always, you can lay the points, you can lay the odds. I've already explained the odds here. In the previous game, minus 225 makes for a B great pick. Where again, we're about three out of four for Purdue to win this. Alabama, really good team. Purdue, though, I, I, I just want to keep I just want to keep backing them really until they prove otherwise. I kind of think that Northwestern game is a little bit of a fluke, but you know, if they do it again on the road, you know, I'll take note. But until I see them really just lose a game away from home and they've done well in neutral site games this year. I don't really see why, why we shouldn't be backing them uh, at this point. Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this, this Purdue team is very good. I think Painter finally made an adjustment and went with a little more speed because Edie is a very mobile big guy. You know, he's not, yeah, extremely mobile, but he, he does move up for how tall he is. He is. Yeah. And <laughs> I think this might be a little more of a home game for Purdue, not just based on travel, but if I'm not mistaken, Edie is actually from like Toronto, Toronto, hmm. not where like, you know, people in Illinois with an hour out of Chicago are still saying they're from Chicago, but like, so I think they're, I would think there'd be a lot of Edie fans with as much publicity and stuff as he's getting there, so which means they're Purdue fans. Um, so the crowd, I know that doesn't make a huge difference, but should be a little bit on his side there. I think this was a nice little gesture by Purdue to go play this game in Toronto for him. But, I mean, it, you're right. It took everything Northwestern had, every bit of it, to win that game in overtime at home. They match up a little bit better, in my opinion, than – Alabama does because of how slow they want to play and how they were able to had a little more size, like a strong size to bang with Edie, got him in foul trouble. That really helped out. And, and we've talked about two conference and non-conference being a little bit of a different animal that, you know, you're, you know, maybe you get away with a little bit more of that physicality and conference than non-conference play. Cause the refs familiarity with the players and that stuff is just a, maybe, a, maybe a little bit different there. You know, that, that, that could really matter, especially for a guy like Edie, who, if you are allowed to be really physical with them is, is becomes mortal at that point. It, yeah. If, if you can't be physical with them, how do you stop that guy? Right. Yeah. There, there, there really is no way, especially if he has that little hook shot going, uh, which I don't know why he needs a hook shot at seven four, but different different animal. Uh, Alabama has not been great away from home. Um, they've played two. Uh, I mean, they've played. They've not been great against great competition. They've lost two of the three, and one of those was a home game against Clemson. Uh, their defense just. They're too dependent on their offense to drive everything. So if their offense goes slightly colder than than what it needs to be, they struggle a lot. Um, they don't they don't have enough size to really bang with Edie or Kaufman Red and first. Um, they're, they're not the strongest team. They're going to try to speed this game up and Purdue's a little more comfortable playing faster, as unlike traditional Purdue teams who slow it down and feed the big guy. Uh, also, I. I think, the like we were talking about with the refs, I think they're still getting comfortable with the new rules. I think we're going to see a lot of fouls. Alabama is a little too aggressive. They want the turnovers. They want the threes. They want it fast. 
I think we're going to see Purdue at the free throw line a lot. They're going to score. They're doing very well from there. They also don't turn their ball over a ton. Alabama's got to have those turnovers. They've got to figure out a way to make Braden Smith um, inefficient with the ball. I mean, not, not just scoring. I mean, that Northwestern game, he had seven rebounds and uh, he didn't shoot the best, but he had seven rebounds and nine assists. You, you've got to get him just inefficient with the ball and turn it over and take advantage of other places. The bench is just not great for these teams. I just don't like the way Alabama lines up uh, back in Purdue all day here. And uh, Edie, I think you're right, is from Toronto, went to high school there for a couple of years in Toronto, Toronto, yeah. Toronto proper uh, yeah. before finishing up in Florida, as I guess one would do there for the um, college basketball I'm, prep. Yeah. At that point, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, maybe a little bit better of a home app. So, there were a little bit of a kicker. Obviously, the model is just treating this as a true neutral game, but either way, just produce dominant. But again, as we said with, with Tennessee, we we would not be playing this if the number starts with a three. Um, numbers got to start with a two, one even better, low twos even better. Uh, but these are these are things where we always talk about there should be a price money line spread total over under dog favorite, whatever, where you play every any every team, and, and these are two games where we are thinking the money line price is a little bit short. And so we're going to try to take advantage of that. It's been really good to us. We made a lot of money on money line favorites here, picking our spots here. Again, not backing all of them. Just make sure that message is clear. And we're going to take a third favorite here at 3.15 p.m. Eastern with Wisconsin and Arizona. But in this case, as you can see, the probably Arizona wins 84%. Now we're at a little bit of a point. And we've kind of talked about this. When do we switch from money line to spread? There's no perfect answer. Maybe a more super complex algorithm would, would say the right situation. Everything. We just kind of made a cut point and just said, you know, here, here's where we're going to cut cut it off at, where it's just kind of too ridiculous. There is a point with the money lines, with, with if, you, if you know probability, it, it, and especially the binomial distribution, which is more or less what this follows, and there are exceptions to that, but that, those are weeds we don't have to get into, where the further away you get from P equals 0.5, weirder things happen. You you induce more variance. And so there's there's some real reasons why the money line prices for these bigger favorites or bigger dogs aren't as advised for sports betting from a mathematical standpoint. Uh, and again, where that could also be, again, I'm not going to try to tell you I know. So at this point, I'm just saying we've made that decision here on this game. We're going with laying the eight and a half with Arizona rather than the money line. Again, if you like money line, play the money line. I think Arizona's a good money line pick here. I think there's value on it. Word of caution, though, as with any of these, just don't put Arizona in like six different money line parlays. That's not advice, right? And, and the reason why is we want to make sure that we know how much we're invested in every game. I want to have a certain amount of, of my bankroll invested in each game based off how much I like it. I want to have some idea of what that is. And when you start putting it into a bunch of parlays, you kind of, it kind of goes out the window. And that's what we don't want to do. But we do like Arizona here. Laying the points on this one, model thinks Arizona can win this easily by double digits. Obviously, I love the kicker of if it is a close game at the end, we can always get through with foul shooting. But the way Arizona's playing, the way Wisconsin's playing, Jake, you know more about the X's and O's about basketball than I do. I just do the math and and help give us a guide, some guide rails for, for, for the math here. What I've seen of Wisconsin, and again, I don't know very much about basketball, but what I've seen of Wisconsin, they look to me like a team that's going to take care of business against weaker teams, but just does not have it against better teams. I just don't see it with them, and I could be completely crazy, but it just feels like 
when they get to conference play, when they play some of the more okay teams, they're going to hang around. But against that top-tier competition, I just don't see them hanging around with a team like Arizona, who, who just is just waiting to drop 100 on any given game, right? I'm not sure they can do that here. Wisconsin will probably slow it down a little bit too much, but – you tell me any single game Arizona drops 100, I'd be like, sure, that seems right. I mean, this yeah. Arizona team is really, really good. But the thing I love about them the most that nobody's talking about is Silent has their defense ranked number three. That is so incredible. A team that can drop 100 at any given moment, it feels like, and also has a really good defense. This actually reminds me of a previous, previous season with Alabama. And that's the yeah. biggest problem I think Alabama's had is their defense has fallen off. And there were times when the Alabama defense was insanely good. And that's when it was like, oh, that team can compete for a title. Obviously, didn't win one. But that's what this Arizona's been. I think they flipped now. There's been times when Arizona's had the defensive issues, but that defense playing the way it is now, I think Arizona's the real deal. I think they're a really good team. We're going to lay the 8.5 with an 8-grade pick. Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, Wisconsin's had two – one good game and one eh, game in a row that's given us a value. Everybody is respecting Michigan State too much. Michigan State is not a good team this year. The, like Until those threes start going in, they are wor- almost worthless offensively. Um, and you're seeing that as they, as they plummet down most people's rankings. Because uh, if you start digging into that box score, yeah, they had Wisconsin won by 13. And I'm not trying to take anything away from them. Uh, but them and Michigan State shot the same amount of times, hit the same percentage. It was you had nine more free throw makes because Wisconsin was 14 of 14, and uh, <laughs> Michigan went like nine of 12 or something like that. They, they just, uh, or six, whatever the math is. Uh, but and then they also made four more threes. That that should be bigger than a 13 point difference in the game. Um, so it's just. I don't think Wisconsin was playing that well. I think it was more of Michigan State was that bad. Marquette. Well, and that it, game just to wrap up that game is as we always talk about, three point shooting can just be the difference in the game. And and no matter what we say or think or predict, whatever, if one team's sitting from team there isn't, it doesn't matter. That's what we always talk about, right? You know, you're going to win a third of your bets and lose a third of your bets and just ignore it, move on. Focus on the ones that are yeah. close, right? Because in yeah. a game like that, you know, Wisconsin shoots 44%, Michigan State shoots 32 Like, you kind of knew what was going to happen based off of that, right? I mean, it wasn't that yeah. complicated. Yeah, I, I was just making the point that Wisconsin should have had a bigger margin of victory yeah, yeah, because yeah. The, of the way everything went out. Uh, it's just that they're not that great on defense yet. Their offense gets a little too bogged down, a little too much one-on-one. I mean, Wisconsin's been a surprise team. They're a lot better than I thought coming into the year. They're still very good. They should be able to handle – any team that's not as good as them, I just don't think they've got the formula to upset teams. Um, AJ Store has been really a bright spot sh- for shooting, but besides that, they're not shooting that well. Going against this Arizona team, who is an absolute juggernaut, they can shoot the ball. They should shoot more threes than what they're what they're doing right now because they're making near nearly forty percent. Uh, but you know, layups and dunks are much easier than threes, so you can't really argue with what they're doing. They've got they're so deep, so much size. They play so fast and still have that defensive rating where it's at. Like it, it's incredible how good this Arizona team is. They're, Wisconsin's played two and a half teams that are in the same conversation as Arizona. I guess I, I don't know. Broad, broad strokes here, but Tennessee, Providence, and Marquette. Marquette had a rough game. Colts worst game. That's they won that one. They lose about ten to 
Tennessee team at home and neutral side, they get a 13-ish point loss against Providence, who at the time was fully healthy. Uh, I just they don't have that ability to go up up the ladder and win. And I think it's really going to show up here making a trip out to Arizona. It's just I think this is going to be borderline 20-point game. I, I don't I don't really see how Wisconsin hangs in this game unless Arizona just lets them. And, you know, the Marquette game, I, I think you're right, is why people are, um, you, you know, would give Wisconsin a chance in this game. And obviously I don't want to take anything away from Wisconsin there. Marquette's a really good team, and, and we're really high on Marquette, of course, as I think everybody is, uh, especially you saw what Marquette did to Texas, right? The, it, not that Texas is a great team, but I would have put Texas in the same tier as Wisconsin of this like good and can handle weaker teams, but but probably not going to be able to handle the top teams as you saw with Texas, you know, couldn't really do much against UConn. Right. So I, 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 the thing though, is that Marquette Wisconsin series is riddled with this sort of thing. These two teams, they're close to each other. They always get up for that game. It's a huge game. The home crowds are crazy. That game is every year, a just throw everything out because you never know what's going to happen in that game. And so I, I'm just not taking much from that personally. And if Wisconsin, you know, hey, wins this game or, or even hangs around and makes this a close game on the road, you know, maybe we'll reevaluate that. But I just think that was a case of we always talk about there's five games a year where you look good and five games a year where you don't. And, and Marquette in that game just didn't look good. Like it was Colick's worst game and he's their, their leader, their star in Wisconsin home game, rivalry game, you know, state bragging right game. They got up for it. Hats off to them for that. It's just, you know, not to say that uh, Marquette's not a good team. Arizona's probably a little better, not by a ton, but, they're, you know, Arizona's a better team on the road. And, 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 you know, you needed the right things to happen there to, to escape with the win. I just think it's a different ball game here against Arizona. Could be wrong on that, but, yeah, I'm just – I'm like I'm not really taking much from that. We can't throw out the data that we have from the other games that you mentioned uh, that was less encouraging for Wisconsin. So, again, Wisconsin a good team. I don't want to say they aren't. It's just, I, you know, these types of games are tough to win. And as you can see on screen, the model says Wisconsin could win this, would win this 16% of the time. So 16% things happen, right? That one out of six or so. Um, and that's why we always say we, you know, we we'd be reasonable with our bankroll and our and our you know bankroll management, how much we're putting in these games because there's no sure thing, there's no locks in gambling. We just think in general, we've got a set of picks that overall is profitable. And uh, we think this is one of many uh, <laughs> to do that with. But again, don't go all in on one game ever. That's that's yeah. never good. Um, this would be the point where we would say, here's your recap. We got more picks coming. But again, stick around. Everybody gets the extended cut today. So there's your recap of the first three. Just as a reminder, though, as a good little halftime uh, for us, Jake, here, you can join us on Dub Club for even more picks than just the extended cut again, just for Saturday here. A ton of A-grade plays that we love uh, from early in the day until later in the day. There's that QR code again. But then we'll go to the second half of the show. And, Jake, now we're shifting into the totals portion of the show, which was not by design. Actually, I just did it by time order. It just happened to work out this way. We've taken care of the sides. Now we're going to talk about totals. TCU and Clemson, probably a little bit of an under-the-radar game because these aren't blue bloods by any stretch of the imagination with regards to college basketball. 
But when you look at this, uh, lo and behold, these two teams are a combined 15 and 0. Here's the thing, though: sideline only has TCU ranked 22nd and Clemson 42nd. So the model's not giving either one of these teams a ton of respect. There's a lot of a lot of empty wins there, a lot of shallow wins. Clemson specifically is a team that you have to wonder with their shooting prowess, like is that going to fall? How is that going to play out specifically? Because that's been really what's driving their success. But either way, whether they continue to shoot quite that hot or not, they still have a better offense than a than defense. And TCU is a team that just loves to go super fast. We had TCU with Houston Christian in that over a week or so ago with cousin Jared in a game that we talked about, you know, was perfect because even if there was a blowout there that at the end, the backups for TCU would still be going fast and Houston Christian would be going fast and we would still get a bunch of points. This one I think gets over, not because of the blowout possibility, because I think it's more likely to be a closer contest and we're just playing hard the whole time and TCU just seems to have the ability to drag every team into a higher scoring game model projects 154 points on average for this so we're going to go over 149 a grade pick jake we already got an a grade side here's the a grade total for the people what's your analysis of this one look i I think there's something going with college basketball right now you've got some slower teams that i guess the way the rules have changed or Maybe it's just this year, a fluke of this year, that are very, very efficient offensively. Clemson's one of them. For as slow as they want to play, they've only scored less than 70 once. And that was against Davidson, who also wants to play very, very slow. Uh, they've got a, they've only scored below 75 twice, um, while getting to 85 three times. It's 85 or more three times. I just, their offense is shooting the ball out outrageous. I mean, they're top seven, I think, Uh that three-point shooting and they're shooting a ton of them as you would when you're hitting yep. that, that yeah. kind of ridiculous percentage. Why, why wouldn't um, you? Yeah, it's it's unreal as a team to hit like that. And then TCU is almost the opposite in every way offensively. They don't want to shoot threes. They want to play a game with a 1,000 possessions. And, the I mean, when you're shooting at 60% from inside the arc, that's great because a lot of those are layups and they're cleaning it up any of their misses. Uh, a lot of layups, a lot of bunnies, a lot of dunks, right? Yep, it's like that. And then they really convert from the free throw line, which is a big, big bonus, um, especially when especially with the role change. They are. <laughs> yeah, the role change, as aggressive as they are getting to the bucket, um, they're going to shoot a lot more free throws. I, I just see this game being very close, getting a couple stretches where it really goes TCU's pace, and this thing will fly over. Even if it, we don't have those stretches, I think this stays – stays over because of the way Clemson shoots and how TCU wants to score and the free throw line. And as close of a game as will be, we'll get all sorts of extra points, especially in the last couple minutes with free throws and stuff. I, I think this gets up there close to 160. Yeah, I was going to say, we got a chance to get this over with seven minutes to go. We got a chance to get it with four minutes to go. And even if we don't with that, we got a chance to have no business winning it, but fouls get us there in the end, right? We, that's the sort of thing that yeah. that uh, can happen as well with the over. So it was like always like multiple paths to victory uh, mm-hmm. for this. So we've taken a lot of unders as well, but this is one that sets up to be an over. And we've talked a lot about it this year on this show already. So I don't want to, to – beat the drum too much here but again as we talked about and you kind of highlighted there for whatever reason there's a lot of teams the efficiency of the good offenses in college basketball is just through the roof this year the better offenses are better that we've seen and part of that has to do with covid seniors part of it has to do with 
the NIL. It, it, and honestly, I don't even care why. Like, why do I? It, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. All that matters is that we're identifying it. We're making money off of it, right? And so the bottom line is the offenses are better than the defenses are good. And so even if you're playing slow, you're scoring a lot of points. We talked about with Creighton being another example of a slow team who's just got an insanely good offense. Clemson, when there's multiple other teams, as we've mm-hmm. talked about that, you know, it, they go slow, but like they're going to score a lot of points. And so some of these better teams, like the over has been kind of a way to look, uh, you know, because of the fact that the, as good as the defenses are, these offenses are just really talented. It's almost getting a little bit like the NBA. In the NBA, we see the same thing too, right? That the good offenses can score. It doesn't matter how good the defenses are, right? And the weaker yeah. offenses in the NBA, those are the ones that need pace to get there because if it's not for the pace, they're never getting to a bunch of points. And we're kind of starting to see that in college. The skills are getting better. Players are playing all year round. Again, all the reasons why none of that really matters. All that matters is that these offenses that are efficient are scoring a lot of points. And the model's picking up on that, projecting us to get on average the mid 150s. But I'm like, yeah, I think maybe even 160 wouldn't be crazy for this one. As we always caveat, right? Anything can happen in any game. If this game lands at 140, 130, or something like that, you just say, hey, whatever cold shooting night right if it gets to 180 that doesn't make us geniuses either because some of these games are just going to win by a lot we just smile laugh and move on right again we were focused on those middle third or so of picks that are close and on those games did we get good numbers did we get good prices did we see things clearly on those and that's what we're talking about here so hopefully it's a it's a fun one that flies over but the point here is that we like this because the number at 149 makes over just insanely appealing. If this total was set at 155, we'd be like, eh, like could go over, might go over, but eh, you don't like it as much there. So over 149 here, your A grade total. And then to another over BYU and Utah. Jake, we have a uh, we have a side pick on this one uh, over on Dub Club that we absolutely love. And I already mentioned that in the post to the people on Dub Club. I said it's like almost play of the day worthy uh, how much we love this pick. And, and viewer... If you're not with us on the Double Club, you might not even know which way we're talking about because we've loved backing both of these teams. Uh, this BYU yeah. team has been great to us. We love backing them. Utah has been great to us. We love backing them as well. We love both of these teams here. Uh, and that's what makes the over just so appealing. Jake, we were talking about this one uh, before the show here. First off, it's kind of a similar situation as the previous game. We're projecting about 155 points. B grade because we're we're losing a little bit of value here compared to that TCU Clemson game because in TCU Clemson you know we get the push at 149 we get the win at 150 151 152 here those are losses right so a little bit less value so we're gonna put a little bit less on this but we still like this over BYU plays at a pace that I just don't feel like is representative of what that number is on screen they're just they play good defense, and I think that's why their pace is slow down because they do a really good job of preventing fast breaks, preventing guys driving, and so they're forcing their opponents to take a long time for the most part. But they can play kind of frenetic, and and you got to love that sort of pace when you're backing it over. They can score points in bunches, and we were talking about this before uh, we came on as well, that when you look at the, the the next closest team in talent they've played probably to Utah, be NC State. Again, they got to like 180 or something like that, 170, whatever it was. And so that's the sort of talent that this Utah team uh, brings to this matchup. So we're expecting some fireworks in this one. B grade over, not the best number to love, but definitely worth adding to our car. We've got a lot of plays already, but this is one we think should be on there as well. Jake, tell us more. 
Yeah, I mean, you took a lot of the a lot of the bullets out of my gun there, uh, but <laughs> but uh, I think so. If if you start looking at the numbers, BYU is going to have a lot more unders than they are overs. But if you, you got to really dive into that because one, they were very close on those unders. Mm-hmm. They were they were one two points off, and then at the same time, they're playing in a lot of blowouts because they are absolutely Still handling really teams. They're they're very very good. Uh, it's been a very surprised very surprising to me how good they are. I did not see it coming. So I think that's a little bit skewed. Um, their pace, you're right, is they seem to play faster than what that is. That their defense may bog it bog it down a little bit, but their offense likes to go. Utah loves to go. So I think we're going to get a lot of that pace that this game being in Utah. Um, that that'll help too. A little bit of momentum going that way with the crowd. It gets a little bit faster. Uh, I think we start seeing this game look a lot more like the NC State game. I mean, Utah's got some issues, but like last game they got into the one sixties to let Southern Utah score in the eighties. Uh, I think that was a bad spot for mm-hmm. Utah, <laughs> just because they're looking ahead to this game. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't think Utah. Utah's or BYU's defense is not good enough to hold Utah down to in the low 60s. I think they're going to get into the 70s, and that that really helps us get over this 152 because BYU is very good. Um, so we can get this in the mid 70s and late in the game and get some fouls and push this way over um, for either side. Uh, I just see this game. I mean, Utah got drug St. Mary's into a game that was on that was almost at this total and. If you know anything about St. Mary's, they they absolutely hate that. I mean, Houston even got into the 140s. Utah is getting these teams moving to their pace. They get their pace, get their opponent to play at their pace. Uh, BYU should be comfortable there too. So I think we get a ton of points here. Yeah, and you know Utah's five and two to the over, and their two losses. One of them was by a point as well. The other one was by three or four. So, you know, when you talk about these teams that in their games that they've gone over or gone under, it hasn't been by very much, and or there's been blowouts involved. Uh, this being a rivalry game, better team, I, I think we all agree is BYU on the road, should make it more competitive. Now, if this was at BYU, you could argue maybe it is a blowout. We have that same sort of situation. And obviously, again, caveat, anything could be a blowout. But on average, we wouldn't expect this to be quite a runaway that uh, you know, better team on the road usually makes for a more compelling contest. And so uh, with that said, with it you know, not expecting a 15, 20 point you know, runaway type thing, uh, that playing the full 40 minutes should help us. Like you said, you have the possibility of late fouls. Uh, and, and I just, for whatever reason, I, I'm with you. I just don't think the the metric on these paces for these teams is just telling the whole story. There's something about it. We always talk about all models are wrong. All metrics are wrong. Um, and, and I meant to mention this with Clemson too as well, right? You know, none of the rankings there are what they've done this season. It's what the model projects them to do going forward because Clemson's had a better offense than whatever that was on screen. The same thing here is that we're not projecting these teams to necessarily be the fastest in the world, but there's enough pace there. And I just, I think when we talk about trying to identify those errors, I try not to do that too much uh, because in general, you know, you could be, you can err on either side. I think there's a chance that both these teams play a little bit faster than the model realizes, which would make this uh, game potentially averaging more like 160. Again, with a realization of one, we won't know anything. We aren't going to be proven right or proven wrong with a, with a game of one. We're proven right or wrong with our process and all of the picks, the totality of things. But in general, if this plays out like a, like a typical game would between these two teams, this should be a high-scoring 
fun contest over 152 and a half B great pick for us in BYU Utah which speaking of high scoring fun games Gonzaga at Washington uh Jake Washington's offense uh you know maybe a little bit of a surprise to some people playing very well there that that unit being the better of the two units and as you talked about if you are ranked the same up at the top your offense is better than your defense. If you're ranked the same at the bottom, your defense is better than your offense. These are two decent teams. Gonzaga, of course, pretty good. Washington, not quite as good, but uh, the same thing, uh, you know, here holds that we've talked about some of the previous games, right? Gonzaga being the better team on the road should make this a more, a, a closer contest than if it was flipped. Uh, but the pace here, look at that 112 and 118. These are two top 100 in pace teams. Uh, this should just be up and down basketball. Gonzaga loves playing in these type of games. Washington wants to play faster than Gonzaga does, right? I almost think Gonzaga gets drugged down in the pace metric a little bit because everyone's like, we have to slow Gonzaga down, right? And so it's part of what we said, like Purdue gets drugged up a little bit because everyone wants to speed them up. And so uh, teams are wanting to slow Gonzaga down. Washington won't. Washington's want to keep going faster and faster and faster. Model thinks 162 Point three points so over 159 and a half makes for a B grade. Again, it's all about the number. I wouldn't be playing this over 165, but anything in the 150s uh, is an over for me. Maybe even 160. At some point, it becomes not worth it. So this will be an interesting one, Jake. This is the 11 o'clock Eastern game. This is the only game starting at this time. It's the last one of the night, Jake. Of the 102 college basketball games, we should have 98 of them either done or almost done by the time this tips what's that gonna do to this number with everyone getting all their money back <laughs> from their wins reloading chasing whatever happens at the end of the day right i don't know what this number's gonna do by the time this gets to tip off if this drops any because it's a pretty high number now we're starting to even like the value even more and at some point it ekes into an a grade if everyone's just thinking like we are and thinking it's probably should be more like mid 160s than 160 and gets higher and higher then it becomes even more of a pass. So at this number, we like it at a B grade, but I'm not sure this number is going to stay. And I don't know which way it's going to go. I just think low to mid 160s is probably where this would be on average. That makes the over the smarter look. And Jake, overs have just done better in college basketball. The books are adjusting. Everybody's trying to adjust to it. So even a smaller overage is probably worth firing away at, in my opinion, just because all the extra points we've seen from these really efficient offenses and the rule change. So we're going to stick with a, another over here to wrap up the night. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, like when the, this, I don't think you're going to get a better number than this. Um, Gonzaga is probably one of those teams out there that everybody just tends to bet the over anyway, um, just so, from reputation alone. Uh, I don't know how much they're looking into it, but I think it's just Gonzaga plays fast, has a good offense, has had that for a very long time, mm -hmm. probably since Mark Few has yeah. been there. So I don't think you're going to get a better number. And I mean, it's true because that he is not a defense forward coach. He 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 will sacrifice on defense to get the game into a pace that he knows his offense will shine, and it works. He gets very very good teams. Um, they're very athletic. I think Nimhard was a great get out of the portal mm, um yeah. they're really i mean there's just a very very solid offensive team you don't have the superstar talent that you had in the last couple of years with timmy and suggs and all that and chet holmgren but um you've got a very very well-rounded team that plays fast and like i said will sacrifice a little bit on the defensive end to get that pace up um which i think will help washington where they already want to play fast they're more comfortable at gonzaga's uh pace than they're actually probably 
I mean, play faster than Gonzaga. Want to play faster, so I think that's going to get Gonzaga playing faster. Going to get some so many points. Neither defense is absolutely fantastic. Going to shut the other one down. Um, Washington does a great job about keeping games close. Right now, their defense is a, is their little bit of their issue, but I mean, they they kept they got with not Nevada was a seven point loss. They, they had a three point win over Xavier, three point loss to San Diego State, five point loss to Colorado State. They're not coming through in the clutch, but they're keeping everything close. I think they stay right with Gonzaga here, um, and that's just going to be points, 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 especially with the way these teams are shooting. Um, even for the free throw line, I think Gonzaga's the worst free throw shooting team out of, out of the two, and that's still over 70%. Uh, I think everywhere that we just have all, all points everywhere. Yeah, and, you know, Gonzaga's played – Four games, or excuse me, only three games under this year. All three of them were out in Hawaii. I can't quite explain why that is necessarily. Uh, the Syracuse the defenses they run into. Well, slow you down. As we Tennessee say, had a Syrac- very good defense. Yep. Well, as we say, Syracuse, uh, you know, was a blowout, and so that could obviously change that up a little bit. UCLA, you know playing a, a little bit slower Purdue. I don't know. It's just a matchup on that one. Uh, but they've gone over in all of their home games and they went over against USC in that neutral site game uh, one week ago. This will be their first true road game of the season. And of course they're not going very far. They are crossing over the mountains, I guess there in Washington to go to the other side of it, to go into the, to the wet side uh, of, of the state, I guess the gray side of the state versus I don't, I guess the drier deserty side on, on the other side, um, uh, you know, short, short plan right over there. But um, you know, the Hawaii thing was just kind of a different, a different world, I guess for them, but that's not typically what we see from Gonzaga. We typically see Gonzaga go under with just the blowouts uh, or, or just certain teams who just are going to strictly uh, dominate the pace and are not going to get in that sort of game. Um, and that doesn't really seem like Washington's MO. So again, it's all about the number. And I'm like you, I, I'm, I'm perfectly happy playing this price here. I'm not waiting for a better number um, because typically with Gonzaga, it's almost like, uh, you know, the Yankees in baseball, or we talk about, you know, Duke and Kentucky sometimes in basketball, and it's hard to find times to back them. It's hard to find times to back the Gonzaga overs. And that doesn't mean that when there is a good time that they will hit every single game, because again, anything can happen in one specific game. But in general, Gonzaga is so is bet up so often that I would have expected this total to be set at like 163, 164, and us be looking at it going like, eh, it's not a big enough edge to go under, uh, but it's too high to go over. Right. And, and that's kind of what you expect in a lot of Gonzaga games. So, you know, hey, uh, a good little three point differential here is like, OK, now it's time to fire, fire away at that over. And, you know, we'll take our five games like this, this season that we get on the Gonzaga overs. We'll go three and two in them and then we'll make a little bit of money. That's really what we're all about here is just every five games on your totals. Can you go three and two right on your money lines? Can you just win a slightly better percentage than the odds you're betting if you're getting good prices? And we're just slow and steady building up our bankroll here. And so uh, at this number, a pretty decent over and what should be a fun game to wrap up the night. Everyone. Thanks for watching. There's your recap favorites and overs for these picks. There are dogs and unders of course, over on dub club uh, for plenty of their games, a ton of a grade picks. And again, just as a final reminder there, you can get $5 after the first month. If you click the link in the description or you can scan that QR code, if you're with us on, YouTube right there. It's shown on your screen again. 
lock in this pricing for next year. Get all the college football bowl game picks as well as all the NFL stuff that's been doing so well for us all season. Uh, and if the profits that we've making here on the show have been uh, helping you make money, we, we, you know, give, give us a, give us a try over there and see if you like it again. A lot of people who've been over there uh, are sticking around they're, they're having a great time on our discord as well. So it's a great little community. Uh, and, and so hopefully you can check it out see if you like it. Jake parting words for the weekend. Yeah, I mean the dub club's worth it. The, the football there has got really hot at the end. I think last year you, know, you and Jared absolutely murdered bowl season. And then I mean, if you looked at, I, I'm sad that I lost a little competition between me and Jared. But I mean, we're both very positive on the season long bets. It's it's all worth it to be that dub club because there's all sorts of extra little benefits you get that make it way worthwhile. And- and we hadn't talked about that, but we did. We we did our season previews for college. But like nobody's watching by now. We're at fifty minutes, but we did our season previews for college. But we did three shows, and uh, we did the previews last year. But we just kind of talked and said kind of things we liked. This year, I, I I told the guys I said, hey, let's do a competition. Who who can win more money? And I gave each of y'all a thousand fake dollars to to wager on these season long bets and and. Uh, Jake, you did extremely well with your thousand dollars. You made a profit of one hundred and eighty-nine dollars, and cousin Jared did even better, making a profit of two hundred and twenty-three. Uh, but, but, but I mean, that's pretty good. There, we you got we got two thousand fake dollars wagered, and we made four hundred dollars. I mean, that's a heck of an ROI on those season-long bets. So, you know, we got some good processes here. Uh, that was a lot of fun as well. And, and yes, we did so well during bowl season last year. I don't even, I don't think we can replicate how well that went. That was insanely good, but we did finish the last couple of weeks of college football. We were already profitable in the last couple of weeks were even better uh, than that. We're so good. And so, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, right. We don't want to get, get our heads too big. We're just going to keep trying to plug away and, and, and have another good bowl season. But if we could do half as well as we did last year in bowl season, it, it make for some oh, great yeah. Christmas presents for people. So uh, yeah, a lot of great things are over on that dub club. Otherwise, again, thank you for watching, and we will see you after the weekend. Mm